This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Gill. It's Friday, October 27th, 2023. I'm in my Cape Elizabeth studio, and joining me by phone in a minute will be Margaret Craven. Margaret Craven's the state rep from Lewiston, where the deadly shooting took place. 18 people killed, 13 wounded, the killer on the lam, and the city of Lewiston still in lockdown. Not much has changed in that regard. However, something did change overnight. Maine's 2nd Congressional District, where Lewiston is located, is represented by Jared Golden, a Democrat who is in his third term and has always taken the stance against banning assault weapons because his district is a rural hunting district that embraces gun culture. But he's changed his mind. The shooting in Lewiston has changed his mind. He's taking responsibility for uh, action, and he's decided to work with others to ban assault weapons and, and, and take other legislative steps to regulate responsible gun ownership and hopefully prevent this epidemic of gun violence in the country. So Margaret Craven joins us again by phone. Well, welcome to the program, Margaret Craven. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, am glad to uh, you know, have somebody to chat with. <laughs> how, how was your night last night in Lewiston, where I understand you're still in lockdown? Yes, um, you know, we're still in lockdown, and um, schools are closed and all of that, so no no gatherings uh, allowed or anything. Um, the college is still on lockdown, and uh, so we're, but... Um, it's sunny out, and uh, it, it feels a little brighter today than yesterday. Are you hearing the sounds of a manhunt? For instance, is there helicopters overhead or police sirens? Not, not in our neighborhood. Um, obviously, the bowling alley wasn't that far away from us, maybe half a mile or so. But um, it's pretty much contained, and it's, uh, it's um, you know, in a... Um, kind of an isolated uh, area because it's a, um, it's, I wouldn't call it a mall, but it's like a business uh, business place. And um, I just watched the news as well, and they're starting to have divers in the river today, um, looking, uh, looking for evidence uh, where, um, where, where the fugitive might be, I don't know. Well, not, um, not much has changed it seems with respect to the lockdown order or the manhunt, but a big thing that happened, and and I'm curious to hear your reaction about it, is that Jared Golden, your congressman, uh, made an announcement that this horrible shooting has changed his position with respect to gun legislation in Washington. So uh, what do you think about that? I was delighted. I've worked for years and years and years for gun safety in the state of Maine. And that was one of my disappointments uh, with uh, Jared, even even, even though, um, Represent Golden, even though I had supported him and contributed to his campaign, etc. And uh, I was delighted and, and uh, really wished that, um, I think it took a lot, a lot of courage for him uh, to change his position publicly and uh, to do something uh, like that. And I wish that Senator Collins and Senator King would also uh, change their position and join him. Um, I, I 
can't say enough uh, how uh, how delighted I am that he that, that he had like I said the courage to um, to admit um, that um, the you know high velocity rifles have no place in our community or, or in our state for what reason they are weapons of war. Yeah, and a lot of people are wondering how it is that this person is is considered to be a lawful gun owner. It seems to me if, if somebody with psychosis who's been hallucinating has been in a psychiatric hospital admitting that he has, you know, had heard voices and had thoughts of shooting up a, a, an Army Reserve officer, how he could voluntarily check himself out of the hospital and then still be in possession of these guns is just beyond me. And it means the laws have to change, it seems to me. It's... It's obvious. I think that we all have to take responsibility for, for, for those kinds of behaviors. Surely his family uh, knew that he was suffering from a mental illness and that they didn't step up to the plate. And I say that that has happened over and over and over in mass shootings, um, you know, whether, whether it be Sandy Hook or Duvalde or wherever, family members knew um, that their relative uh, had mental illness and was fascinated with guns. And so so, so I think that certainly uh, the community has to start, uh, start being much more aware and much more forthcoming uh, with, uh, with, 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 with situations like that. Now, do you feel, uh, I know it's, it's a difficult time for everyone to, to think clearly about some of these bigger issues when our hearts are broken and, and we still don't even know the names and identities of some of the victims. But is, is there growing, can you, can you sense a growing level of, um, of frustration with the, the investigation and the response by law enforcement or, or is there any, is there any opinion that you're no, aware we of? Blame, we could blame law enforcement forever, but their job really is reactive. Because you know that's that's the way that works. They're called when something bad happens, and I think that they've been doing a great job. They they uh, I watched um, the commissioner this this morning, uh, just trying to um, explain uh, and and go over uh, the go over the issues, um, but they can't possibly know when somebody. Uh, I mean, when somebody. It, even we, we have a yellow uh, flag law here, uh, but law enforcement it doesn't know when they should have to do anything like that. It has to be, you know, it has to be reported and it has to have a process and stuff. I think having a red flag law would uh, help somewhat because it's not as cumbersome, but um, to you know, to, to, for the process to, to go through the process. Um, do you know, Margaret? Do you know if in this situation if in this incident the yellow flag law was invoked do you have any no, I don't believe that it was uh, I don't believe that it was no and, and as far as you understand and I don't mean to put you on the spot but if how, how does the yellow law how do how does the yellow flag law uh, work how is it supposed to work as far as you know well if somebody is a danger to themselves or others or if there is a domestic abuse situation going on the person can ask, can, can file to make sure that the weapons are, you know, that, that the person can't have weapons. If they have weapons, that they be, be surrendered. And that takes, that takes time because uh, everybody 
thinks that their rights are being violated if um, they're asked uh, to, you know, uh, to, to submit their gun. If we had the red flag, if we had the red flag law, uh, you wouldn't have to go through this whole process of registering and having an investigation. And you know, sometimes it takes days for the, the yellow flag to be um, to be enacted. The purpose of the yellow flag law is to give the gun owner due process, right? That's what they. they right. They, but in in reality, it put up puts up an obstacle, uh, yes. and, and certainly takes a lot of time. It, it seems to me if you have to go through a, a hearing uh, before you can take someone's guns away, that's not right. going to be very useful in a situation like this. Do Do you think that the the chances of a red flag law passing in the legislature? are going to be increased now that Jared Golden has changed his position? Well, of course, Jared is in Congress, um, but um, I, um, and culture has already happened, so I'm not sure if we have uh, a red flag uh, carryover bill. We might have, because a lot of bills were carried over this session. Um, The one that I'm hopeful for is the Speaker's Bill, which uh, is a background check bill. And, um, you know, I'm very hopeful now that that we might be able to pass that. Uh, But as far as um, I I really can't remember if we carried over a red flag bill or not. What has been Governor Mills' position on some of the legislative efforts that you've tried to make? Like, for instance, do you know if Governor Mills opposes the Speaker's Bill for background checks? I don't know that. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that you might let it go without a signature, as opposed to um, you know vetoing it. So that's my hope. That's what she did for the yellow flag bill. She didn't sign it, but she didn't veto it. Right. Now, Jared Golden faces Republican candidates in his upcoming election, and and he's just changed his position on a pretty big issue, as we've discussed. He's he's gone from you know, being opposed to banning assault weapons to now saying that he is going to take up the, you know, the effort himself and work with others to make sure that these kinds of weapons don't get in the hands of, you know, unstable people. Uh, no, Nobody, in my view, needs to have a weapon of war in their personal collection. And and I'm so glad Jared Golden is taking that step. But do you think that he, he, he might not get reelected in the second district because he's taking this position? Or are any of his opponents, like as far as you can tell, jumping on now and, and, and talking about this issue? Well, I say shame on anybody that's not going to vote for him for his stance on that. And shame on any Republican as well that is going to run for the second district and is not going to stand up and 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 to keep us safe here in the state of Maine. I don't know, but I think that Mainers are much more are much smarter and know way more than what we give them credit for. And I think that Mainers understand that you can't use an AK-15 to shoot a deer, because if you did, it would be blown to smithereens and you would never, you wouldn't, you would not have any, any deer, um, after all your trouble. And so, um, and so, and so I think, uh, I think that as a matter of fact, that he'll get more, uh, more, more support because I think that, that Mainers, Mainers understand, um, that nobody needs a weapon of mass destruction. 
Now, before this horrible uh, shooting, there had been in the news a lot of talk about the Lewiston delegate, you know, the Lewiston City Council being divided over issues. Some, you know, meet some of them meeting at bars. And have you seen the the Lewiston City Council and the mayor? come together in 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 the situation and and be effective as as you know elected lawmakers or is there still division well i hesitate to comment on our council um but i've been very 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 disappointed in uh in 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 uh, our council how so well uh we have four counselors that are in collusion with each other and that meet secretly, that meet without uh, a public, without, without, um, you know, informing the public that they're going to be having a meeting. And then that they don't obviously invite uh, the rest of the council, which are more progressive. And uh, I, I think that's scary. I did see them at the news conference yesterday, um, and I'm sure that they, they would never uh, never, never, you know, condone anything like this, and I've never discussed gun control with with any of any of them. But um, I, uh, so so I couldn't comment. I couldn't comment on that at all. Uh, but uh, I, I have no, and I can't speak for them. But uh, I'm definitely disappointed in their their behavior. How. How are your uh, grandchildren in, in, in this? How, how are you speaking with your family members, taking it away from the legislative side of your life to just your family? How's everybody doing? Well, I, um, my two oldest uh, grandchildren, they're 17 and 14, and their parents have reported that they're doing okay. Um, I think uh, I have, then I have a 12-year-old um, who lives in Green, and I think he's very sensitive anyway. I think he was traumatized and couldn't sleep uh, for the, at least the first night, um, and um, and you know, I think worried. But their schools are closed, and and they're just staying home. They're probably playing video games. <laughs> it's it's really um, on the heels of COVID. You know, we all thought we were getting back to normal in our routines, and and now here we are again at home, hunkered down. Um, just waiting desperately for pieces of information from the news. I, I don't know if COVID make us made us stronger or weaker, but I do think that as a society we're sort of just prepared to deal like on a regular basis with these, yeah. with these horrors. Uh, yeah, I think um, COVID was different because if you put your mask on, I went to the store. You weren't to, fr- you know, you you could stay six feet away, and you you weren't afraid that somebody was going to hurt you. And uh, I'm a, I'm a walker, and I've been I I haven't I've been very I haven't gone out I haven't gone out I exercised um, in the house, and uh, I I think in a place like Lewiston it's outrageous uh, for for a person my age to be afraid to go out walking, um, and um, so this is. It just feels really, really different than COVID. Um, very much so in my in my thinking. Yes, I I, I can imagine. I can imagine. So it it's, it feels. Um, it just feels to me. Uh, it it's maddening at a lot of levels. We talked about it yesterday. The maddening. You know, it's maddening because uh, 
it's over and over and over, and it seems like if we had some fixes to our laws, we would be better. But it's also maddening to see, in in my opinion, sort of the breakdown of some institutions. Like, I just, I don't understand why we haven't found this guy yet. <laughs> like, it, it just seems like by now, in this day and age, we should be able to find somebody who's traipsing around carrying this gigantic weapon with all the the radar and artificial intelligence and drones and everything you think well we could... they do and and um like i said there there's two dams on on that river and it's hard to search it and um they're uh, they're working with the with the dam owners or operators uh, this morning trying to lower the river so that they um they can the divers can see easier and so <clears throat> i'm hoping you know so even though we had the FBI and the state police and the local police from all the jurisdictions around here working on it, but keeping in mind that this this guy has an AK-15 and he is, you know, and so they have to, I think, even though I, I, I think they were really brave and had a lot of courage, you still can put yourself in harm's way so you have to be careful, careful, careful. And I, so I, I really understand how difficult it is, um, you know, for them to catch him. But um, yeah, so I mean, I'm only, I'm only blabbing that. <laughs> how far so, away, how far away are these dams from where your house is? These are dams on the Androscoggin River and you're in Lewiston, Maine. And the Androscoggin River in, runs in through Lewiston. Lewiston. Down in Lisbon. So, so there's two of them on the, depending which way you're, uh, looking but um they have one they have one uh in brunswick and then they have two further north they're closer to each other well and that's I mean, where that's where the launch the boat launches well we'll certainly be keeping our eyes peeled for further developments and keeping our fingers crossed that this guy is is captured and convicted and, and when he is there's going to be a lot of questions that remain. Um, you know, I just think a lot of people are wondering how is it that somebody in this condition is able to um, have access to this kind of weapon? And and I'm sure you're going to be there uh, to talk to us. Margaret Craven, thank you so much for joining us again. And please stay safe. I know that's cliche, but um, we need you up there. It's, it's, my, it's my pleasure.